Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to Jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. You're listening to Bass Fishing for Moves, Paddle and Fin Podcast, with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Lavery. Welcome back to Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm Ryan. We got Sean in here. Hey guys. And today, once again, another episode just me and Sean. You know, these are the best episodes because you get to hear us talk a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, me and Sean are just going to talk about how our fishing has been going lately and, you know, we were planning on this, and today had uh, some pretty big events for me out on the water <laughs> that kind of, you know, uh, some good topics for this subject. <laughs> but uh, how you doing, Sean? I'm hanging in there. Um, this whole uh, getting ready to be a teacher thing has been um, exhausting, uh, to say the least. But uh, I'm working through it, and... Um, excited to get started uh so um other than that um i haven't had a ton of time to fish but i did get out yesterday for a while and actually did pretty well so i was pretty happy about that yeah i saw you got you a decent decent one out there still catching some catfish but yeah and not yesterday wasn't as bad i I caught like maybe two two catfish and more bass and actually uh it was funny the one place uh, where I fish, there's a restaurant that um, a lot of times people have weddings there because it's right on the bank of the river and it's a pretty nice restaurant. So right at the place I caught my biggest fish yesterday, I caught like a 15-incher. Um, then maybe two minutes later, I caught a 13-incher. And right about that time, the they, the, I could see there was a tent set up and there was people there. And right about after I caught that second fish, like the wedding started going off. And I was kind of right in the background. Like I could see they were... <laughs> facing the river so i was like ah this is where they are but i felt really awkward sitting there in the middle of background of their wedding so i paddled further away even though that's where i was they, catching fish you know <laughs> 10 years from now they're gonna look at their wedding photos and be like look at this random kayaker out here you know photo bombing our, our wedding pictures <laughs> that was totally me and i i felt so awkward so i just i paddled out of there and i didn't do bad other places but that definitely was where they seemed to be so <laughs> Uh, yeah, How about so, you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I hadn't been out in like two or three weeks, and uh, you know, I wanted to get out, so I went out on Duck River again today, this morning. Um, started off pretty slow. Um, yeah, I'll just go over the day. Um, yeah, started off slow. See, uh, it it was like two or three hours before I caught my first fish. Caught a spot. Um, then I caught a, a little small smallmouth, and uh, had bad hook penetration on him. And you know, I 
I'm hoping he's not blind, but you know, it was right there the eye socket. I did everything I could to, you know, try to save him. I I, I hate when that happens. Like, gosh, oh, it eats at me. That yeah. kind of stuff. But I've seen some pretty fat fish with one eye, so I think uh, they can still work around that somewhat. So. Hopefully, if, hope well, hopefully, you know, he can still see out of it. Right. But if not, you know, hopefully he's still able to manage. Um. But yeah, so I wasn't having the greatest luck. You know, I caught a couple one couple. They they weren't very big. Um. Then I decided, you know, me and a buddy had talked about throwing like a Helgramite Ned rig. And uh, I had bought some a while back, but I'd never used them. I bought some of the, I think it's called like Lunk Hunter. Lunker Hunt? Company. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think that's right. Anyways, I, I got some little <laughs> Helgramite. Uh, now it's going to eat at me with this. Maybe it's Lunk City. Either way, got a little Helgramite Ned Rig things. And uh, my buddy is talking about how, like, he was catching all kinds of fish on it on his river uh, or on a similar, like a Helgramite lure. Okay. And, uh, you know, a bunch of small ones, but, you know, he was catching a bunch of fish. So I was like, well, let me try this. So I'm up against, like, a rock wall. It's kind of still water casting out there. I figured it probably wouldn't be any smallmouth out there but you know figure maybe a decent spot or something like that would be out there and all of a sudden something bit and i set the hook and i this thing started to take me for a sleigh ride this hey you know i, I was using a, a medium rod on like 10 pound test so it wasn't like as light as it could be to make it really fun but it was still pretty fun you know it's bending my rod way over and i'm like man i I got a big fish on here and it was a big fish, but, uh, <laughs> it surfaced and realized that it wasn't a bass, you know, it's a, it's a drum or I, I guess it's a drum. I never caught one before, but, uh, it, it was a, um, a big one. <laughs> it, was, it was a good size, yeah, but man, it, it, it pulled the kayak a little bit and, you know, I had to, you know, finesse it a little bit. To get it in, um, I use a cheap net that I got for like fifteen bucks on Amazon, and you know for bass it's been fine. You know it's the uh, rubberized netting and all that. Okay. But uh, it's like pretty much the right, perfect size that I wanted, and I'm a cheapskate, so I went with it, and it's been fine for bass. I've never had an issue. It bent my <laughs> my net. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and so I had to sit there for a minute and, like, look in its mouth because I didn't know if it had teeth or what. Because yep. yep. I've, never, I've never caught one. And I didn't have my fish grips or anything. And, you know, I finally realized it didn't have any teeth. And, you know, I pull, pulled it out of the net. I put it on my board. I think it measured 23 and a quarter. It was a big old fish. It was heavy, too. I didn't have a scale. I wish I could have weighed it. It was a heavy fish. But uh, tossed it back. You know, I fished a little bit more. You know, went on up and everything, and finally decided I needed to turn around because you know we had planned to record this t- this afternoon. So I was like, well, I need to start heading back so I can be back in time. Well, I'm coming back down through. You know, I'm moving kind of quick. You know, I'm fishing at the same time. Uh, well, I, I actually I. I think before that drum, I did catch a rock bass too, um, and it was it was like an eight inch rock bass, so it it wasn't one of the little tiny ones, but it's decent. But uh, so okay, so I'm coming down river. Just turn I, around, right? Yeah, yeah. I man, I turned around. God, went like half a mile since I turned around. A half mile back down the river because okay. I'd, I'd went up probably two miles maybe a little more something like that. um so i'm coming down about to go through this current and 
you know, start going through it. You know, it's not like super fast and all that, but it's pretty, it's pretty steady moving. Um, but I'm trying to cast and everything. Well, at the end of this section where it's like it's got fast current, there's a tree laid over. And like all the roots and the dirt and everything are sticking up flat like a wall. Okay. Well, over to the, you know, I've got to go to the right of it. To the left of it, it's like a little hole. It's almost like kind of like an eddy right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if there's a fish sitting in there. So I got kind of greedy, kind of stupid. And I cast over into uh, that area. I'm like, I'm going to work this real quick. Then I'll grab my paddle and I'll turn myself. And So I... I cast it, I'm working it, and, you know, I'm getting really close to this tree. So I reel in real quick, set my rod down in front of me, grab my paddle, start paddling while I'm not turning, uh, like, as fast as I'm wanting to, you know? mm-hmm. And so I go, like, like, into the tree, my or my rod sticks through the roots. I'm like, oh, crap, mm-hmm. my rod's going to break. Um so like I reached down and gr- I was like I I'm just gonna you know hit the tree worst gets down I'm just gonna hit it and you know pull my rod out and then push myself off and go on down. Well, I I don't know it, it happened so fast. Um, I believe I hit and then tried to pull my rod out and kind of at the same time, all of a sudden it just my kayak just flipped completely flipped over mm. and uh man I, I've, I've heard it a ton i've heard brian say it on the og show a thousand times like it ain't a matter of if you're gonna flip it's a matter of when and you know i i guess i was kind of cocky and i was like i really don't see that happening to me because you know i'm usually pretty smart about that kind of stuff and uh all that, but it happened, and it happened fast. And man, so I was in—I was able to stand up. I was in, you know, probably, probably mid, middle of my stomach, probably about how deep it was. So I was able to stand up. You know, I'm still in some good moving water. Um, my paddle's trying to float away. I watched a pack of Kitex that I had sitting under my seat that I was using float away. Uh, my kayak's completely flipped over. It's completely upside down. I had to flip it. It wasn't the funnest thing to do, but I was able to do it. Um, I did snap my rod that was in there, and that's my favorite rod, and I've only had it like a couple months, so that really sucks. <laughs> but uh so my other three rods you know i keep them horizontal in uh some rod holders i made out of pvc on my crate well you know they all stayed in there surprisingly but i did yeah. I, I do keep those floats on my rods just in case they ever fall out or anything right so wasn't really first priority. My paddle was trying to float away. Um, my fish finder that's on, you know, I, I have it on a yak attack fish finder mount. It got jerked out of the gear track, like the base and all. Wow. And, you know, it was holding on by the cord. Um, and I'm not sure if it's going to work right or not because I don't have a battery anymore. Surprisingly no. enough, I don't know how it happened. I keep my battery under my seat. Well, I have to like finesse it to get it under there, but somehow it came out whenever it flipped. And, uh, yeah, so I, I feel really bad about that because now there's a battery in the river somewhere. I, I, I looked and looked, couldn't find it. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, trying to think what else. Oh, you know, when I got my new kayak, you know, I was kind of lazy. I didn't put my uh, tether for my catch board 
on uh, on my kayak and I've been like just going out there without it. Well, last night I was like, hey, let me put this on there. And thankfully I did. Wow. Because I would have lost it if I wouldn't have. Um, I lost, you know, I, I use like the small boxes. I'm not sure what the num- size is for the number and all that. But uh, yeah, I, all of them stay in my crate except for one, my go-to box. You know, Byte FD has slots on both sides where you can put one of those, and I always put my go-to box over here on the left side. One's was easily accessible. Two makes it easier when I go to put a fish on the board. The board can set up against that box. But, okay. But uh, it's gone. Uh, uh, um. I got the uh, Yak Attack uh, cup holder, and it's more like a bait holder. Like it, that's where I, when I change lures, a lot of time I, they get thrown in there. Um, it's probably a couple jackhammers in there, a couple jigs, a uh, few odd and in other things. They're all gone. Uh, not to mention, you know, there was one or two jackhammers or or other chatterbaits in that go-to box um so yeah i probably lost i I lost over a hundred dollars worth of lures today at midway usa we know the ar-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern american history known for its modularity and widespread use it's often considered essential to any gun collection The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Plus a rod. Yep, $150 rod. Battery. Battery ain't that bad. You know, I made a custom-made box and... You know, it was a $30 battery. And so, you know, that's... Still definitely an expensive trip. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't... I still don't know how expensive it is because my water-resistant iPhone apparently wasn't too water-resistant. And, you know, it's uh, it's on rice right now because it, it went off and wouldn't come back on. Now, right before we came out here to record... It was starting to light up with the little Apple symbol, and then it shut back off. And then a couple seconds later, it come back on for a few seconds, and then shut back off. So, I think it's trying to do it. But uh, and then, you know, I I, I vape, and uh, yeah, it got submerged, and it's on rice right now too. And uh, yeah. That's heart heartbreaking. <laughs> Have you ever flipped? Uh, only on per- oh, well, I went out with the intention of flipping and flipped before I intended to. Um, it was when I first got my kayak, uh, my original kayak, my Wilderness Systems Tarpon 100, and um, I went out empty, with uh, except for my paddle, and with the expectation of flipping when I got back to the boat just so I could practice getting in, but I ended up upriver and the the wind picked up and the current picked up and it it flipped me early um but luckily i i was kind of ready for it because i didn't have anything i purposely went out empty so that i would yeah. not lose anything so and you know i've heard people talk about doing that so many times but i haven't done it and you know i i've thought about it but you know it's like if i'm gonna go to the water i want to fish you know yeah now i kind of wish i'd done it um, I, I haven't done it in my I didn't do it in my Kusa and I didn't do it in the Hobie yet so it's definitely it's, I probably should go try it so. yeah yeah, I'd recommend it because when you're when you do it with all your gear in there um, I don't know it happened so fast that when I came I, I, I went fully underwater when I came back up it kind of took me a few seconds to grasp what all was going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at some stuff trying to float away, some stuff trying to sink, and my kayak's upside down. And 
you know, I was wearing my life jacket, like I always do, and you know, I just, I don't, it, it didn't scare me at the time. Like I wasn't scared when it happened, but afterwards, got to thinking about like the what ifs. Like, mm-hmm. what if I didn't have a life jacket on? I'm in that current. What if it would have like, I would have got swept away or something like that, and wasn't able to get. You know, yeah, I was able to stand there, but you know, oh yeah. What, I if, mean, what if that's if because it was, it was my upper body was lifted up, so my feet could go down. Yeah, you, know, you know what I mean. Right, or with uh, trees and roots and stuff. There's all sorts of things you can get your foot trapped in. So mm-hmm. I mean, just crazy stuff. But uh, yeah, it it took me a second to like get my thoughts together and like grab my kayak and throw it over and flip it. And uh, then I had to, I was like trying to remember everything that I had so I could remember, know what all was missing and all that and trying to put everything together. I start after I finally, everything that I had there, after I got it all situated, you know, I'm trying to hold my kayak in this current and fill with my feet, try to find the stuff that I lost and uh, and my lure was still stuck in those roots of that tree and half of my rod was still stuck in it um, the other half of the rod was just sitting there uh, in the water but so I you got the reel back yeah at least? yeah okay well that's good yeah I just went over there and I cut the line and grabbed both pieces of the rod and everything um Man, it, it's really made me, you know, it's really making me, like, think about stuff, like, that I, I don't usually tether that maybe needs some type of restraint, like the battery, mm-hmm. or, you know, figure out a way to restrain, like, my go-to box up there in the front. Well, you're making me think, uh, like, I've been paddling on the river because it's so low, and... Uh... So I take my Hobie drive out and I kind of just put the fins under my seat and have the, the pedal parts kind of in between my legs, but I don't tether it there. Um, and I've t- thought about getting like a never lost tether or something for it. I know, you know, there's plenty out there and I keep thinking about that every time I go out. I'm like, man, if I flip, I could lose this drive. And I'm like, yeah, that's really know. expensive. <laughs> it is. So, you know, now now you're making me I think I might uh go place an order for a never lost tether for my drive because they have nice little hooks right there under kind of by the bottom of your seat that you can uh you can hook a tether to easy and then i know if i flip it's not going anywhere so yeah that uh that's not a bad idea because no that would probably make your trip like (laughs) three times as as expensive as mine (laughs) I don't know. What do those drives go for? Maybe. I think like 800, I think is okay. what I'm thinking. So, but I, I don't know for sure. But for a $40 tether or however much it or $20 tether, however much it would be, even, I mean, you know, rope or paracord would be something. Yeah, any, anything that'll hold it. Yeah. You know, most of my tethers, honestly, are, uh, I think they're called like, they're, a company called like Barracuda or something. I don't know. Get them at Walmart, and it's these like the spiral telephone style cord, mm-hmm. and uh, they're just these cheap little tethers. I think they're like five bucks for two of them, and that's what I use on most everything. Now, I've I've often wondered like how strong they actually are, but they it held my catchboard. So okay, you know, everybody. Yeah. Can, Complains about how heavy those catchboards are. They're not really that heavy to me, but you know, they 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 do have some weight to them, and they held that. And that's one nice thing about my crappy hog trough that I have, or whatever <laughs> brand it is. It does have uh, foam insulation in it, so it should float. But uh, yeah. still waiting to get my uh, my catchboard. So. But, Did uh, you have how how getting back into your kayak go? Like I know when well, I, I first slipped, I uh, when I like we were talking about, I had this moment of panic, like holy crap, and I 
I, I threw myself up on the front and I actually went over the other side and rolled it again, you know, just because I was trying to get up so fast. I slammed my knee onto my uh, fishing rod holder, too, and had a huge, uh, like, lump on my leg where I bruised it. And then um, when I was in the water the second time, I was like, just chill out. Everything's here. You're, you're, you know, you have your life jacket on, you know, just calm down. And then I was able to get back in. But that first initial panic that I had trying to get in quick, I just went right over the other side and or it, I pushed too much and rolled it the other way. So, See, I didn't have that panic because I stayed, you know, I, I got everything situated and I stayed in the water for a little bit trying to find stuff that I'd lost. So, you know, I wasn't in a rush to get back in like that. But when I did try it, it I, you know, I st- started in that water, you know, it was halfway up my my stomach and tried to jump up in there and I it was about to tip back over on me. So I got back off and uh, I pulled it up to the other side of that tree that was laying down that I hit. Um, yeah, so I kind of looked for the battery and stuff some more, and I didn't find it, but on the other side of that tree, you know, it was more like waist deep or so. Okay. So then I was able to just kind of step into the kayak. Um, but, yeah, I, I was kind of wondering about that because, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about how reentry is kind of a pain. Especially if you can't, don't have, you can't touch. It's, it, it makes a world of difference. Yeah, see, I could touch and it, you know, it was rough. Yeah. Until I got over to a little bit shallower water. But, uh, and that was, that was even in, I, in that kayak class that I took, we, we practiced in water that we couldn't touch. And, um, but just in that heat of that moment, I, I, I panicked. So it's, it's definitely something good to practice because until it happens, you know, knowing at least what to do i like i knew what to do i knew like they had taught us how to to flip your kayak the easiest way is just to swim to the one end of it and then you can just roll it and or like you know i've seen people in like videos with hobies where they just grab the fins and pull pull on the fins to get it to flip now if you don't have the fins in it's a little different but um see i didn't even think about that i probably could have you know grabbed my drive and and did that but like I just kind of the side beside me, I just kind of grabbed it, and threw it over. But as far as getting on it, it also made me think like I really need to lose all the some of this weight that I gain because trying to throw two hundred and seventy pounds up onto a kayak, <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of rough. Well, if you need some uh, weight loss, I recommend uh, starting or attempting to teach because I've lost, I think I'm down to 155 now. And I think it's mostly stress. So, <laughs> Dude, I haven't been 155 since like the seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, well, that's crazy, man. And yes. I, I, I know I asked you before the show, does it give you any, does it take away your confidence at all in the kayak? Or I know you, you know, we, you talked about, it's not going to make you quit, but I know once I rolled my tarpon, I was like, Hmm, that was, that rolled pretty easy. And that's when I started looking for something wider, something more stable. Well, see the bite FD is, it's a pretty wide kayak. I think, what is it? 35 or 36 okay. inches wide. So it's pretty wide. It's, it's a stable kayak. This this wasn't the fault of the kayak. This was my fault. It was my stupidity and my greediness wanting to get that last cast up in there that caused this. You know, I could have easily maneuvered my way um, around that tree had I not wanted to get that last cast in there. Mm-hmm. It was completely my fault. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I feel like pretty much any kayak, you put it in the if you put it in the wrong position, you know, it, it can flip on you. Oh yeah. I mean, you can put a blue sky in the wrong situation and it'll dump you out. Maybe slightly different circumstances than this one here, but there are circumstances where it's going to happen. So I'm, it hasn't like 
throw my confidence in the kayak. Um, I'm not going to quit kayaking because of it. You know, I, I still love it. You know, it, if anything, I'm just going to learn from it and, you know, take that forward and try to be a little bit smarter about, you know, that kind of stuff. And, yeah, it, it you know, all that stuff that I lost or broke, it can be, you know, it, you can lose anything, it, it, materialistic things. You can lose those at any time. But the wisdom that I've learned from this experience, you know, I'll keep that with me for the rest of my life. Right. So, yeah, definitely going to, when I get another battery, I'm going to find a way to keep it strapped down. Um which I never, re- I never would have thought that it would have came out from under that seat. Because, like I said, I got to kind of finesse it to get it to fit up under there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wedge a lot of stuff under my seat, um, and that's kind of why you know when I put the fins under there when I'm when I have my drive out, I'm like, yeah, it'll hold it. But you never know; moving water can do crazy things. So, and, well, water anyway, but especially moving water. I was very surprised. I keep a bag with all my soft plastics. I keep it on top of my crate with just like a bungee cord over top. Oh, that's another thing I lost. I lost a, a ratchet strap because I, I used uh, my ratchet strap with my cart to wheel it down to the water. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just took the ratchet strap and like threw it in the back of the kayak. And it's gone. Which that ain't a big deal. I've got several of them. What do you do but, with your uh, cart? Do you put your cart inside? Uh no. Uh, Bite FD don't have any in oh, hole okay. access. So what I did, I put it in the front, and you know the built-in bungee cords that come on the kayak. Yeah, I slid the wheel under it, uh, so it wouldn't fall off. So yeah, I still got my cart. Good. But uh. What was I saying? Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Oh, my soft plastics bag that I have. It's basically like a cheap tackle bag you get at Walmart. It holds like three of the smaller boxes for whatever it is. I put all my soft plastics in there, put it on top of my crate, and it's like just a bungee cord that I got over top of it to keep it from falling off. Surprisingly, that held up, and, you know, it never came off. That probably would have made me very sad if I would have lost. Hopefully, it would have floated with all those soft plastics, but, man. Depending what kind of a bag it is, too, if it holds any kind of air, a lot of times they do float, but. Well, it's a cheap bag, so it probably would have let a, water, <laughs> let a lot of water in. But, uh, yeah, that, there's a lot of soft plastics in that bag. So. It's making me think about what I don't tether, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I have my I have floats on my rods and I usually but not always I have a zippered like I have a kayak or a crate uh, bag that I got on Walmart that actually the crate sits down into it and then it zippers closed around the top Um but usually if I'm if I get anything out of it, I don't zipper it until I'm headed back in because unzippering and unzippering, it's kind of a pain. So um, that definitely I'm, I'm pretty bad about that, too, with that soft plastics bag. Like if I get something out, I won't zip it all the way back up. But I, I don't think I'd even pulled anything out of there. I think I pretty much already had everything I was using. So it was still zipped up. But that's that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this, you know, tonight, because you know I'd, I'd rather people learn from my mistakes. Like, you know, if it's important to you, tether it, because I, I I'm a believer now. It's not a matter of if you're gonna you flip your kayak. It's a matter of when. Because yeah, you know, I've had close calls, but I've never I'd never flipped before. And 
Now, one thing I was thinking about, um, like I noticed uh, in the uh, the the paddle and fin bracket tournament final, Dudu was wearing using a paddle leash. I think, at least it looked like to me he was. And I was thinking, you know, that was one of the things I did away with because um, I felt like that would just was too much of a tangle hazard. Um, yeah. Well, there there are a lot of people out there that talk about. I believe. We had somebody on talking about it. I can't. I believe it was either Paul Strom or Juan Baruch. I can't remember which one it was, but I believe it was one of them that was talking about like they they're against leeches and all that because that's more stuff to get tangled up in. Mm. But and I can agree to an extent. I don't use a paddle leash um, partly for that reason. But it's like the little stuff that's kind of out of the way of my legs and my body. You know, I I use them for like, you know, my catch board. It's going up under my seat. So my legs should be clear before that's, you know, I didn't get tangled up in anything. So I feel pretty confident in the leashes I do use. Um, one one important thing is I, I, I keep my phone leashed to my life jacket and it's like i could have lost the phone if i didn't have it leashed to it so i usually i use a rogue tether for my phone but um one of the straps ripped already so um at least partially so it doesn't hold it as tight as it really should and i've had a couple times where i've just been taking pictures of fish and it pop out of it um it's one of those that like the plastic just goes around the corner four corners yeah and um I've had it pop out of there a few times and I'm like, man, you know, I just, I guess I just need to get another one cause it's not that safe. And I, I've thought about, usually I, I put it on my, on my kayak. I attach it to my kayak. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, now maybe I should have it on attached to my life jacket. So yeah, I always keep mine in my left pocket on my life jackets where I keep my phone. Um, but yeah, I've, I've never really liked the idea of, that style uh, leash or whatever, like the part that goes over the phone like that. I like the ones that, uh, that like go inside, you know, I always keep an otter box on mine anyways, and you just put it inside there and it's got a little thing that sticks out of your case. And, uh, you know, you can just hook it to that, which I got a home, mine's homemade. Mine's like an old credit card with like a little, hair tie thing that I stole from my wife and you know just wrapped it around there and Did you just leave that in your case all the time then that's the one thing I didn't know about that like um I used to not I used to take it out every time you know it didn't take but a second to like pop the rubber piece off of my phone tether and pull it out and just leave it in my truck um I've kind of gotten lazy and I've gotten used to it so now I just kind of keep it on there it don't really bother me that's what I was wondering with an otter box. I know sometimes they're not super easy to take apart, but well, it, well, I don't actually put it all the way inside. I just put it underneath the rubber. You know, oh, okay. you, got the hard, you got the hard plastic part that goes around your phone that snaps in. Then you got the rubber part that just kind of comes on you. top of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just okay. underneath the rubber and it, uh, have it coming out one of the bottom holes. Okay. But yeah, um, you know, I, like I was saying earlier, it didn't really scare me. But like afterwards, as a, you know, I, I was gonna keep fishing till I real, you know, till I realized like my phone wasn't working and I lost my battery and all that. Other than that, I probably would have kept fishing, but uh. I was like, no, I, I just need to get home, get my phone on rice and all that. So as I was like pedaling back, um, I was thinking about like all the what ifs, what could have happened and all that. And, you know, luckily, you know, I'm all right. Everything's good other than, you know, my rod and a couple other things. And so, you know, when I got home, you know, I hugged my kids, hugged my wife. 
That's the one thing that scares me. You know, I, I didn't fish the river as much of the lake initially because of that, because moving water kind of still has, you know, it, there's, there's some fear there, you know, that uh, maybe, especially with my pedals sticking down now, like before when there was nothing really sticking down, I was like, you know what, I'm going to bumper glide over most everything. But now with my pedals sticking down, I'm like, all I could, I could be just be casting, get stuck on something and I'm going to, I'm worried about that and not paying attention to where I'm going to drift. And if I hit rocks underneath, you know, I can see how that would make you tip pretty easy. So that's actually, I mean, the river's slow right now. Um, so I, I, and slow and low. So I've actually been paddling more, um, and only pedaling when I get tired or, or when I just want to get somewhere else quick. Um, and it's deep enough. Um, I've been fishing a lot of grass too, which, the pedals don't go through as well so that's another reason but um it's been in the back of my mind that um you know i do have to be a little more careful with those in the river uh and at least on the hobie you know i can push um, one foot forward and the other one the whole way back and then it pulls the fins up against the hull somewhat and i do have like a little the hobie comes with like this bungee that you can then put on the put on the, the pedal closest to you and it'll keep it up the fins up so that you don't have to hold it with your feet. Um, but even with that, it's still something that can catch on it. So. Yeah, I've, uh, I've had a couple instances where like my drive bumps something in the river and it'll kind of like rock the kayak like that. But, uh, you know, it hasn't been real bad. Um, as far as like moving forward, you know, it's a kick up drive. So, you know, if I hit something, you know, it, it'll pop up, but, uh, I'm definitely going to be more careful out on the water now, like try to, you know, be less greedy. Got that last cast, (laughs) uh, it can happen fast, though. I mean, you, there's a million yeah. different ways you can get distracted, and it only takes two seconds of distraction, and you can be in a situation that you never saw coming. So, yeah, and it it happened fast. Like I wasn't expecting to flip. I was expecting to you know hit the tree. It was mostly like dirt with like roots sticking out of it, and I, I was expecting to bump into that. But other than that, you know. Oh, one more thing that happened is, you know, on the Byte FD, it's got the steering handles on the left and the right side. Well, I only use the right side, but the left side, I don't know, the handle popped out and came loose or something, like the steering rod over there. So I haven't got to look, like, I'm going to have to take a cover off and look at it. Hopefully it's not, like, broken and just something popped out or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um it don't it don't affect the kayak it don't seem like because you know i've got the other side and that's the side i still got the side that i use so but you know hopefully i can get it fixed back on there interesting does that have a so that turns the rudder that yeah okay see i there's been times going through grass and stuff where um my rudder has gotten jammed with grass and it's not something you can reach from the kayak. So I pretty much have to go someplace shallow and then hop out and go back and, and pull it all out. So, um, that has been, grass has been, that's been a learning experience with the Hobie. Um, I'll be chugging along on the river paddling or pedaling pretty good. And then all of a sudden you hit grass and it's like you've run through concrete. It, you know, you know, it slows you down and then, you're, you got to really, if you pedal through it, you got to, you really got to pedal in it. And a lot of times the, like I can pull up my pedals and clear the grass off of those, but the rudder, just the way it pops down, it can get in that little, that hinge there and, and not let the rudder turn right. So, um, it's definitely been a learning experience. Uh, and that's why I started pedaling more. I got a little cut on my finger from flipping too. I don't know what I, cut it on but kind of irritating right now (laughs) (laughs) just Uh, a little reminder so what's the rudder like on the outback like does it stick down below the kayak 
it uh there's a there's like a pull tab that you release you if, when it when you want to stow it you pull this tab up and then lock it into a cleat and then it it pulls up against the hull and it, then it's no lower than the uh the keel of the kayak but then when you pop it free from that cleat and let the the rope go then it drops down and then so that it can turn so when it's down it's it's probably you know 10 12 inches below the the bottom of the kayak so really yeah wow yeah it's pretty big and and like i said the way it hinges there so that it can come up and down when it's down um and you go through grass it can get wedged in that in that hinge and then it doesn't allow it to go side to side as easily like you can really feel it in the steering like uh, all of a sudden, I'll be trying to turn, and it'll be really, really tight because it's grinding against that grass and the hinge. So either gotta, you know, get over to shore, um, or uh, you know, sit there and pull the string a little bit to try and pop it up and down and try and get the grass out. So, well, that's that's interesting because my rudder is flush with the bottom of my kayak the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and. Which that might be why you know the bite FDs have had issues with their turning radius, you know, or part of the reason why, anyways. Because a lot of people have talked about how they don't turn the greatest, and and they don't, but yeah. I was looking for a picture of the Hobie Outback rudder to see if I could find one that looks like sticking down, but uh, there's. That's kind of it. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. So, yeah, when it's down, like I said, you can kind of see that hinge there right in the middle. Grass can just get wedged in there, and then yeah. it, it doesn't want to turn. So, but it does make the turning a lot sharper. So, I yeah, remember I'm, actually. I'm sure you turn a lot better than me. <laughs> One time I, I was in a hurry too, putting in, and um, the Hobie has like this. Uh, piece of plastic that you hook under the back rail for so that when you load and unload it it doesn't damage the rudder it sits on this hunk of plastic it's like a little block um, um that you use just for transfer for getting it on and off and one time i was in such a hurry to get on the water i forgot to take that um block off and then i couldn't get my rudder down i'm like why isn't it going down and i look back and i'm like oh crap so <laughs> Luckily, I was able to kind of crawl to the back of my kayak and pull it up so that I could drop the rudder, but uh, it definitely was a pain. I didn't make that mistake more than once. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I guess that's the advantage of, you know, being a smaller dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've crawled to, I, just just uh, yesterday, I had to crawl to the front because uh, I, was, I had my uh, inline spinner on and it got hooked in that front handle. And I'm like yanking and pulling and it, it was through the rope. So I had to kind of lay on my stomach and crawl up there. And I've, I've had that happen before, but I had to pull over to the bank to get it off. Luckily now the bite FD has got the molded in handles. So you ain't got to worry about that. Okay. Yeah. And that it, definitely happens with the Hobie a lot. Um, so I actually lost a bass because of that. Cause I, I had him, I was, reeling him up and he came up right at, up at the front and uh right through that right by the handle the hook one hook got caught on the handle and he flipped off i actually missed four bass yesterday i had i caught six but i missed four so um all either jumping or getting off so whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt at MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. I don't, I don't, I don't know what my hook... I think I'm, I'm not hook-setting properly with that inline spinner. Now, the hook's small... Um, and that the 15 inch I caught, I lucked out cause it was right in the corner of his mouth and it was just hanging on by a little skin. You know, if he would have went any different direction, he probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have got him in the boat, but, uh, for whatever reason he came straight to me. So 
And you caught a couple fish on that uh, Jody Queen special. I did. That yep, we I caught last week, didn't you? I had never caught a bass on a, a, a spinner bait, and um, so I was kind of thinking, you know, I'd been catching a lot of catfish on the, the inline spinner, and I was like, you know, maybe maybe I should throw the the, the regular spinner bait, and maybe I'll you know stay away from the catfish a little bit. Um, so I, I started mixing that in and actually, like I said, when I, I think the 13 inch I caught was actually on the, uh, the spinner bait. The big one was on the inline spinner, but the, uh, two of the other ones, um, I think there was a 12 and a quarter and a 13 and both of those came on the spinner bait. So that was neat. I was pumped that, uh, you know, I tried something new and it worked and that was using exactly what he said. I, I got the exact spinner bait he said, and even changed the top blade. Like he said, um, uh, so, uh, Jody Queen's juice is the real deal, man. Hey, I'm still waiting on mine. Tuesday. <laughs> so, but, uh, so uh, you got anything coming up? Like, when's your next outing? I have no clue. I want to survive this first week of school. <laughs> when when, and, when does it start? Well, the ninth graders go back tomorrow. Um, and then the 10th and 12th graders go back on Thursday. So the ninth graders have three days on site without the 12th or the upperclassmen. So, but I have to, I'm, I have a ninth grade homeroom. So I start tomorrow. The freshmen get to avoid the swir- the swirlies for yeah, a few days. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they said they've always wanted to do uh, freshman orientation like this and COVID finally gave them the opportunity. So. Um, so that's how it's working with us. So it'll be an interesting week for sure. So, well, good luck with that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm off all week. Wow. You know, I, was, I, I was off this past week and I'm off this week. See, usually we have a two week shutdown at my work every summer around the 4th of July, but with, uh, the whole COVID thing, us being off work for three months, they moved our shutdown to now, last week and this coming week. And uh, so, you know, this coming up weekend um, is the, it's a two-day event, Saturday and Sunday, um, at uh, Percy Priest Lake with, well, it's the final uh, the final event for KBFTN, and and it's in conjunction with the first event of the year for uh, the CKT, the Cumberland Kayak Trail. They do they do kind of like a fall thing, and uh, I'm wanting to hit that pretty hard. You know, last year I was wanting to do it because they do. I assume they'll still do the same this year. I don't know for sure, but last year it was three fish limits, and I feel a little more comfortable with that than five fish limits. Mm-hmm. So I was wanting to do it last year, but uh, but you know, kids were in sports and all that. Well, now with COVID, kids ain't in sports. Uh, pretty much all the sports around here have been canceled in my town. So. Uh, yeah, I want to take that opportunity and try to hit this trail real hard. So they, they'll, they'll be doing events like every two weeks through like November, I think. Okay. And uh, the, their first one will be this weekend, a two-day event. I'm not sure, 100% sure on the details. All I know is it's on Percy Priest Lake, and it's in conjunction with KBF10's uh, final event of the year, the season okay. closer. Okay. So, I plan on, you know, hitting that. Probably going to get out one or two days this week, do a little pre-fishing. And uh, hopefully I can get a new battery in time for uh, my fish finder. Let me see if it's working. Yeah, uh, hopefully it works when I get a battery. <laughs> I, uh, I, my, the fish I caught on uh, yesterday actually gave me my limit for the uh, September noobs tournament. So August. I was happy about that. Or August, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> next September. But I noticed I looked at the standings yesterday, and uh, Susie's sitting in ninth. So there's quite a few people ahead of her. I was surprised. Uh-huh. So, um, and the number one, Paul Gorley, has like 103.75 inches. Wow. So, yeah. How's that for a month? And Susie's sitting at 84. So 
Wow. Uh, I'm up to 68 with uh, the fish I caught yesterday, but still, I was like, when I saw where Susie was, I was like, okay, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> yeah. Man, she she needs to, you know, step it up and get on up there because <laughs> because I know what's gonna happen if she stays where she's at. Brian ain't gonna say anything to her, and I'm gonna be mad. Like you gave me all kinds of hell about it, but uh, not Susie, you know, yeah. equality, okay, equality. <laughs> so. So, yeah, so I, I was happy about that. But um, I, I just noticed I saw something on Facebook today about a, a three-fish limit kayak thing for September, the month of September for my local area. So I was thinking about giving that a try, depending on how busy I am. Uh, but uh, I think I can catch three fish in a month, so I might give that a try. You know, speaking of Susie, you know, I almost thought about asking her if she wanted to come on here with us tonight since she just recently flipped her uh, Hobie. Right. And, um, you know, I figured maybe she'd throw some light on this too. But, you know, it's kind of, it would have been last minute. I didn't want to put that on her. But uh, I believe she talked about that a little bit in one of her episodes. So, yeah, if you can uh, flip a. Uh, Hobie, you know, pro angler, then, you know, yeah, yeah, anything can happen. I think hers was because her drive got stuck or something, right? If I remember correctly, I think her drive malfunctioned and uh, came and threw a big wood. What's that? Oh, he froze up on me. Uh, okay. froze up on me for a second, but yeah, it's something went to drive, and then also, like, a, I think a boat went by and Wait threw a big wake on her. Okay. And and like the drive wasn't working, so she couldn't position herself for the wake or something like that. Okay. Uh, I'm still behind on episodes. So. Oh, I'm getting way behind now. So, dude, I don't I, have an hour drive anymore. So, <laughs> you know, I, I listen. Uh, I listen to our podcast at work, and I was off for that three months, and I listened to it a couple while I was off, but. I was really far behind. Now I went back to work for, you know, a couple months before this shut down. And, you know, uh, I, I could have easily had them all listened to, but like, I didn't listen to them constantly while I was at work. So I still had, I think I was behind like 12 or 13 episodes still whenever, uh, whenever I finished like on that last Friday at work. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now I'm behind all last week, and I'll be behind all this week too. So <laughs> several more. That makes it tough to catch up. I'm in the same boat. Uh, I've I've been trying to watch the live ones at night if I can catch them. That way I, I don't have to try and catch up on those. But uh, haven't always done that either. So, and now we got so many. Uh, you know, it's definitely tough to find the time to listen to yeah, them. Yeah, and and not to mention you know. If you try to watch the Monday Night Live, you know, Dan and Jimmy are just so ugly. And then Brian's <laughs> ugly. You know, it's hard to watch them. You know, now that now that Jay's back on the OG show, it's somewhat watchable. But, you know, you, when you it was just Brian. It, right. Yeah, when it was just Brian. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. oh, my. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man. So, we're coming up close to an hour here. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we... Uh, covered some stuff yeah well i'm glad uh that you're okay first of all you know material things can be replaced obviously like you said uh but uh the important thing is you have a lesson to take away from it and um you know that you survived and everything's good that uh hopefully your phone and stuff survives but uh you know i'm gonna go check uh, it as soon as we get done with this well i was gonna tell you be careful with that because if it's going on off and on that means that probably means it's still in there and and turning it back on could actually make it worse so it almost might be better to let it off for a little bit let the rice do its thing but well i i was gonna yeah i'm not gonna turn it on myself oh, okay. but like since it was cutting itself on and going off i was gonna see if it happened to turn itself on okay and oh go from there yep 
All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys learned something. Um, like I said, uh, if we can make the expensive mistakes that, so that you don't have to, that's that's uh, definitely something we want to do. Um, so be safe out there. Um, wear your PFD. Um, yes. Because uh, you never know what's going to happen. So this has been the Bass Fishing Renewed segment on the Paddle and Fit podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the trips, and the tick. Ah, I screwed it up. <laughs> the trips. Good. <laughs> tricks and tips to help you rip more lips <laughs> later y'all see ya thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on paddle in fin don't forget to go check out our website at paddle the letter n in fin.com don't forget to check out the youtube channel at paddle and fin if you got a question comment want to hear from a future guest on a future episode feel free to email us at paddle the letter n in fin at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on social media at paddle and fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20, and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.